I think it's important to have a network of people around you both professionally and personally that can support you through your own emotions and your own state of mind. It's always in every industry and in every career, it's so easy to get caught up in so much of the detail or what's happening that quite often we do forget to take that time to focus on ourselves and our own well-being and mindset. So I think it's important to have a very positive sphere of influence around you, having professionals, whether that be coaches or company CEOs that you're able to talk to and talk through your experiences. I think the communication isn't just with your clients, it's with your friends and family as well on, on how you're feeling and where you're at in your own headspace. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, I'm delighted to bring to you a beautiful soul and an expert, an absolute specialist in the field of real estate. And given the context that we're in at the moment with interest rates, maybe first home buyers don't feel like they've got an opportunity, wherever you're at, you are going to love the gorgeous Grant Smith. This amazing human is one of Australia's top real estate professionals. In fact, he's in the top 0.1% of agents internationally. Starting his career in the industry at just 14 years of age, Grant has developed a 23-year real estate career, now a broker and director of Century 21. Grant purchased this business uh, the day before his 21st birthday and has been recognized for his achievements nationally and internationally. You'll hear it, but there is a perseverance and mindset that allows this person to soar, and he soared through many challenging and in a fast-paced industry of real estate with grace, style, and finesse. I hope you're going to enjoy today's podcast. I know you're going to love hearing from this amazing soul. There's some great tips and ideas in today's show, and if you like it, please head on over to my Instagram page page Kim Morrison 28. You can go to Facebook, Kim Morrison Training, or you can head on over to the wellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. Please place your comments and feedbacks there, any questions, and make sure you follow Grant Smith on all the socials, and you'll get to hear about his gorgeous husband, who is also an interior designer that might just pick up your interest as well. I hope you enjoy today's show. Thank you so much for the five-star ratings. It means the world to me. Take care. Be kind. I am absolutely delighted and very excited to bring to you an exquisite soul, incredible Grant Smith. I would personally love to welcome you to the Self Love Podcast. Hi, Kim. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I've been wanting to get you on for some time, my dear friend, and it is such a treat to share you. I would, I mean, look, we know that you're one of the best, most extraordinary top real estate agents in this country, not just on the Sunshine Coast. But before we get into all things property and understanding what it means to really, really be in that industry, could you just take us on a little journey as to who you are, where you come from and how you got to being in this position you are today? Absolutely. It's been a joy to be a born and raised Budrum resident. So I've had the beauty of being able to grow up on the Sunshine Coast and 
remain here for my career and friends moving forward. I started as a school-based trainee in real estate at the ripe old age of 14 and progressed my career through traineeships uh, and working as an apprentice, then ventured out into the sales career when I turned 18 because I had to be 18 to be able to sell real estate. And over only a three-year journey, purchased the business and settled on it the day before my 21st birthday. So you're telling me you're telling me you actually bought the company at the age or just before you turned 21. I did. Not the uh, not the story of most 21-year-old or 21st birthday parties, but <laughs> mine was celebrating the purchase of the business um, and it's been an incredible journey over the past 16 years since. Let's talk about that because there's not many 21-year-olds on the planet that are that driven or even aware it's a possibility. Is that something, do you think you were born with that entrepreneurial spirit or was it more that you were just through your traineeship you actually went I could do this better or I could do this myself I think I've always had the drive to succeed and be the best person that you possibly can be with the life that you're given and I didn't come from a family of having businesses or companies um, but I allowed my sort of passion for property design style and essentially architecture that transformed into the traineeship of real estate and I think I'm probably one of the very fortunate people that can say they've been in the same career since they were 14 and still wake up loving what I do every day. Well there's not many that actually that's that's an incredible point that are in the same career let alone the same industry. Is that because you find it such a ever-changing platform? Is it something that just excites you from your little two-bedroom brick and tile through to your maybe mansion on the hill. What is it that keeps you so passionate and excited? I think, and it's it's the irony and what a lot of people say, but it is the ability to be involved in so many people's lives, the lifelong friendships that you create, the empathetic journeys that you go on with why people are selling and the different motivations for sale and purchase and it, it's it's really a lifestyle that can be moulded into a career and vice versa, a career that can be moulded into a lifestyle um, with a healthy work-life balance. And it's identifying, you know, where those differences are. Talk a little bit more about that because this is the, li- the, the pathway I really wanted to go down with you. Work-life balance. A lot of people have a belief that to be successful, you almost have to drive yourself into the ground or there's some sort of martyrdom kind of amazing badge of honor that I did this, I earned this, and I bloody well worked hard for it. Not undermining the fact that we all work hard, but is it as easy as that? Or do you think that the work-life balance comes in by having an awareness around when not to burn out or how much to give of yourself? I think that the the beauty of it is uh, you'd be lying to say that the hard hours and work are put into the foundations of a career in real estate. Um, For positive or negative, it's an industry that has a persona that, you know, everybody's living up this wonderful lifestyle and sipping lattes and having long lunches. Um, But I would say that I sacrificed quite a lot in my late teens, early 20s, when perhaps other people my age were out having a social life and 
partying and traveling. Um, that's sort of when I put the strongest foundations into my business was the first five years of owning the business. And during those years, they were essentially prior to having assistants or a team behind me that you were doing everything yourself. And it was the long days of, you know, 7am to 10pm physically doing all of the workload that now I've got the ability to be able to diversify that workload across, you know, two or three employees that allow that little bit more freedom. But I think in in any career, and I think you'd agree that it's it's the beginning of what you put in that reaps the rewards of the future. And real estate being such a relationship-based industry um, that's very much reliant on referral business and also a, your general reputation and client satisfaction, um, I think it's important to give everybody the best experience that they can possibly have during for some people could be one of the most exciting times of their lives. But bearing in mind, there's people that sell and buy for all different reasons. And it's having that ability to focus on the empathy as well for perhaps those clients where it may not be as an exciting journey of the, the process of buying or selling property. You're not just a real estate agent. You are actually a friend, a mentor, an advisor, a supporter, an empath. You, you are probably, as a real estate agents, some of the most incredible relationship and people experts. Is that fair to say? I would completely agree. Um, it's it's having that ability and it's something that you develop. It's not something that's taught, but it's having an understanding of how you work with each particular client in the way you communicate, the way you speak to them. And it's it's almost a bit of a chameleon role because how you would talk to one client or the dialogue that you would use could be completely different to the next person you're on the phone to. Um, so it's, it's that ability to sort of develop and read situations and people's emotions and working, I suppose, with them to, to form that common goal of at the end of the day, wherever people are positioned in their buying or selling journey is that you've got to have a, a, a deep understanding of working towards getting them the best result, irrespective of what's surrounding the, the reason or motivation for sales. So you, you're spot on. It's, it's very much a relationship-driven industry and having that ability to, to work with all different types of people and different reasons for sale. Say though that in reality, every business is relationship orientated almost, and therefore it's not just the skills of learning how to communicate. Have you done a lot of personal growth yourself? Is that something? How have you evolved as an individual? And can I add into that? Probably it's easy to say evolve into a good individual when things are going well, but I'm sure throughout your whole career, it's not always been a box of roses and made easy just to sell and buy houses. What's your personal development approach to yourself and your business? I think it's important to have a network of people around you both professionally and personally that can support you through your own emotions and your own state of mind. It's always in every industry and in every career, it's so easy to get caught up in so much of the detail or what's happening that quite often that we do forget to take that time to focus on ourselves and our own well-being and mindset. So I think it's important to have a very positive sphere of influence around you having professionals, whether that be coaches or company CEOs, that you're able 
to talk to and talk through your experiences. I think the communication isn't just with your clients, it's with your friends and family as well on, on how you're feeling and where you're at in your own headspace and talking through those situations. And also knowing that when when you are working, so to speak, that that you can identify when the time is that you may just need to have that break. Um, and that for, for different people could be different things, whether it be a retreat, whether it be a holiday, whether it purely just be taking a block of time out to spend in the garden. And the, the value of that is just how much more refocused you are rather than pushing through. And as you talk and say these words, I'm sure there's many people listening to this going, yes, I have been guilty of that. Not everybody knows how to manage that time and certainly not everybody knows how to take care of themselves in the best way. You talk about having a retreat, going on holiday blocks of time. What do you do to take care of you and make sure you're at your best every single day? I think the most important thing that we focus on is time away together in our relationship and traditionally speaking we always like to have our year of holidays planned out which it would usually entail one main overseas holiday which may be for three weeks a secondary smaller holiday which may just be somewhere like Bali where you can have those options of retreat and relaxation and then potentially two smaller vacations that may only be three or four days away at a spices or somewhere where you can truly relax because sometimes holidays are uh, more stressful than being at work so you've got to have that balance of an action-packed vacation along with the the time off that is truly to recharge your mind and come back fresh so right if it's not blocked in you end up filling it with all sorts of things recharging oneself is definitely a part of self-care and it's something that I have absolutely loved watching you and your gorgeous husband over the last couple of months we've all had the privilege and pleasure of watching you marry your soulmate could you tell us in all your years in all your life how it felt to finally be marrying the man of your dreams but also doing it in the most remarkable magical place give us an outcome absolutely of how you felt throughout that whole process it's such a surreal feeling and so many people said to us enjoy the day enjoy the moments it'll go so fast and there's no truer words of advice that we've been given and I think from when I very first saw Lake Como on a holiday in 2017 which was a couple of months before my husband and I got together and it was instantly the connection of the the romantic place on earth that I wanted to get married. Um, Then we were, so we've been together for seven years now. um, And that was the, the place that we had always identified as being the place to get married. And we couldn't have asked for a more spectacular day, having our loved ones, family, friends, nearest and dearest by our sides. And the the ability, I suppose, of having that, that wedding overseas, the one thing that I noticed with our wedding compared to others we've been to is it had become a holiday for all of our friends and family. So the engagement of everybody, it wasn't that they'd taken a day off to be at our wedding and were still doing business deals or still on the phones. By the time we got to our wedding where the people had arrived days, weeks or 
whatnot before our wedding, everybody was in that holiday mindset zone. So that the connections of the day were, were were just beautiful. And I think it's probably been one of the most spectacular days of, of my life. So well, I want you to know that I got very teary watching the video that you put up just recently. It really did encapsulate your love for one another and also the amount of time, effort and energy you put into creating this magical day that I'm sure everybody loved. The destination wedding as a celebrant, it's something that I really do love and I cannot recommend it enough. You're dead right about connection. Once again, we're talking about connection, communication and actually being around people that we really enjoy being around. I know we're talking about all the beautiful things and I'd like to add into here about the renovation of your property. When you see so many houses, when you sell and buy and help people to buy and sell all of these properties, did you get all your interior design ideas from that or is that another skill that the gorgeous Grant Smith has? I think property is is an exciting industry, albeit whether you're involved in it as a career or real estate agent or simply the natural interest that Australians have for property in general, what the market's doing. And one thing that I've always appreciated with property and design and my dear husband, Jeff, is an interior designer and stylist. So I had a lot of contribution and ideas to creating our latest home projects and previous projects that we've renovated and flipped. But I think it's important to find something that's unique, but pay homage to what it is. So our home being a mid-90s build, it needed to to be complemented for truly what it was and not trying to make something the property isn't. And I think it's finding those hidden gems that just need to be brought back to life and, and given the the spirit that they had when they were initially built because everything that we've bought has been somewhat of a unique design or a unique one-off property. And you've got to remember that the person who originally designed that put so much thought into creating something that was different that it's then our role carrying on that legacy of the, the design of the property and embracing it for what it is. So with our home, it's it, it's it's very, very honorary to, to to what the original design was, but with our own taste and obviously an improved decor 30 years down the track. <laughs> it certainly is. Well, let's talk practical then. Someone listening to this is thinking they might be in the property market already. They might be looking. Your thoughts over the last three to five years where we've really been pushed and particularly lately where the interest rates just seem to continuously go up. How's that affected you, your work, and also the industry, do you think? I think with the the change in the market from the beginning of, let's say, pre-COVID to where we are now, um, in the lead up to that pre-COVID times of the real estate changes, we, we were looking at average days on market of 60, 70, 80 days for property, pre-2019, pre um, during the, the, the craziness of uh, the COVID peak, those average days on market got down as low as 10 days and now we're sort of back to 35 days. So when you look at the scope of the market, the market conditions are probably stronger now than they were pre-COVID despite the interest rate rises 
they're not as chaotic as people buying everything in the first second that they saw it. But when you compare to those two times where the market itself is sitting stronger now than what it was pre-COVID, and I think the interest rates have affected a vast number of people. Um, I think people have sort of adjusted. There's a lot of refinancing that we're seeing. But because people are uncertain in the market, you've got less product coming to the market. So the first six months of 2023 versus the first six months of 2022, there's been 40% less volume of property go through realestate.com.au. So you're not far off half the amount of properties that are coming to the market this year on the same time last year. So that supply and demand living in such a lifestyle-grounded location of the Sunshine Coast that we both love and enjoy um, has seen there still be an, an an uphold of where the values lie. Yes, they've come off the peak, but the, the values are still far higher than where they were in 2019. So I think a lot of us have been pleasantly surprised that the market may have not adjusted as much as what we thought it may have initially. Powerful thing to remember, especially what about our young people, Grant, people that first home buyers and things like that. Do you sell many of those properties? And if you do or don't, whatever your story is around that, young people these days, how much can you give us some practical tips? How much do they really need to save in order to put a deposit and then maintain a first home? Surprisingly, over the last six to 12 months, we've still had quite a number of first home buyers purchase property. Um, I think, you know, every generation says, how is the next generation going to afford property? And I think the same advice I would give to anyone who is young today is the same that I did is stay at home as long as you can, save as much as you can, have a savings plan in place, um, be money conscious of where your spend is, how much you're saving. I mean, obviously the, the housing market now, the Sunshine Coast, you're probably needing you know upwards of $650,000 to enter into a, a property, but we still see two-bedroom units uh, transacting in, you know, the 400,000s into the early fives. So there's still an affordable housing property market that is available. It's it's just the expectations of the younger generations of wanting first up perhaps what mum and dad have worked 40 years to achieve. So there is still opportunity and that would be the best advice I give. It's very hard to go back home once you've moved out. But from the moment you start working, even a, a, a convenience store job while you're at school, have a have a strict savings pattern and, and save as much as you can. And at the end of the day, I always feel getting onto the property ladder at an entry-level price point is still going to far far be better than than not being on the ladder at all. Mm. And I think that's the real thing. So many people feel like they're never going to get there. And I hear so many people in the doom and gloom situation saying, I don't know how my kids are ever going to do it. But you're just giving the classic advice that we were all given. Save hard, be conscious with your money, and actually have a goal to work towards. It's it's also a beautiful thing for young people. Their first home doesn't have to be their forever home. Um, it could be the first home, but it also becomes the platform for which they then leverage to create the next home and create a pop- property portfolio. In your humble opinion, Property versus shares versus gold versus money in the bank. Is there anything that you think stands out better or more or is property still and always going to be one of the best? 
Property is always my preference, and that's because that's where my knowledge and confidence lies. Um, I have many, many friends and people that I know that have got, you know, fantastic share portfolios. Um, I don't know enough about it to explore into it, but my heart and brain and knowledge uh, is all surrounded in property. And over my 16 years of buying and selling property. We've made money on property. We've bought at auction. We've lost money on property. Um, so it's never a guarantee, but for, for the vast majority is over a span of 10-year cycles or 15-year cycles, being involved in property, you're always going to come out ahead in the medium to long term. It's just not always necessarily a short-term investment. Yeah, although I have to say I was so blown away at how the properties finally took off here on the Sunshine Coast through this crazy period of time. The houses, the market seemed to sit so still and so slow in its growth for so many years. And then finally, I feel like the sunny coast has caught up. Is that your experience as well, that you've been, you were surprised or at least waiting for this to happen for the coast? I've always said that the, the Sunshine Coast as a region with what we offer has been a very underrated and underpriced market compared to other areas. And you are right that during the, the COVID times that I think we've realised perhaps our true value, um, particularly as it's such a family-friendly and diverse region of the Sunshine Coast, we've got incredible infrastructure coming into our community um, even based on five years ago, what has come and just how much more is still to come. You've got your private and your uh, public education that are all within a stone's throw and you would be hard-pressed to hear about any bad schooling on the Sunshine Coast and I think we've got a great reputation for our education here on the Sunshine Coast. Um, we've also got the lifestyle ability of having beaches so close by. We've got the hinterland only 10, 15 minutes away in the opposite direction and we're easily accessible to airports and major major centres. So I'm excited about the, the future of the Sunshine Coast and where we're heading. One thing I heard many years ago when you're looking for a property, whether it's an investment or it is a home for you to live in, is there's the sort of pie analogy. And I would love for you to confirm or support me on this because I can't quite remember, but I do remember thinking the pie thing stood for you want to look and make sure there's a good population or population growth, there's infrastructure and employment opportunities or employment possibility for people to get places. And there was one other thing that I was always told, or there's a unique factor. You mentioned that before when we look at a property and how we hold on to that beautiful, unique factor of a property. Is that your belief? If you're going to, if you don't know much about property, is it looking at that? You've just mentioned infrastructure that has a heck of a lot of pull for people looking for something, isn't it? I do completely agree. And I think it's important when, if it's purely investing, then you do need to look at what's available, the, the public transport, schooling, access to local shops um, are all important things that both investors and tenants look for. Um, when it comes to your own home, we're guilty of it too. Unfortunately, your heart can sometimes overtake your mind. And if you're going to be living in something, it, it either needs to be a stepping stone or it, it needs to be somewhere that brings you joy, happiness and a place that you love to be. I think, you know, home is where the heart is. And so therefore, when buying and selling property that's for your own purposes, the, the heart does have an opinion. <laughs> 
It sure does. And that's what I think it makes so special, amazing souls like you. And we can loop back now to the fact that it really is about relationships, you listening. And I think more importantly, the person feeling like they're not being bullied into or pushed into a sale just because there's a commission to be made. You certainly in your business come with the whole attitude and and real belief that your your people come first. Is that something you've always noticed for yourself? And is that something that you will always hold on to? What else is important to you as far as the beautiful customer is concerned? I think the the beauty of our business is from the day I started my career through to purchasing the office is this is a career path that, you know, I, I choose to have forever. It's got longevity in it. And I think that unfortunately, real estate with representatives in the industry, it can be quite often a, a short, sharp career for a lot of people that enter into the industry. Um, but there's a number, obviously, of agents that have been doing it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And that's where your experience comes in. And I've always been of the consideration is I've never been about a sale now, because if you do decide to stay, I'm still going to be here in five years time. So it's it's I think there's such a short sight with so many real estate agents that they need to list it now, they need to sell it now, rather than building on the relationship or perhaps giving advice. And I've always said, unfortunately, in real estate, there's no right or wrong answers for anybody, whether you buy, sell, what offer you accept. But what is the right answer is what feels right to you. Such an important tip. I think it's such an emotional journey we go on when buying or looking at property. And you mentioned it very much at the beginning around the whole thing of what you dreamed, what you wanted for you and how you manifested that. Is that a skill that you have created in your own self? Are you aware you're a manifesting king? <laughs> I, I do believe that you, you've got to create your own future and you've got to not necessarily have a perfect painted picture of what that looks like, but you need to have a, a fairly strong direction of where you're heading at, where you're seeing yourself um, in 5, 10, 15 years' time, and even in 12 months' time. And it doesn't need to be financially. It doesn't. It, it, it can just be where do you want to be at your, in your headspace, your personal life, your work-life balance. And I think it's important to take that time to, to reevaluate and regularly think, you know, I look back now and think, you know, never would have I thought when I bought the business at 21 that 16 years later this would be the life that I'm living but it's certainly been the small goals and steps along the way that have created a position where, you know, being happily married and having a four-legged family um, and being in a beautiful home that I think they're the little steps that you take over those years that you, it's not until you look back and go, well, my goodness, there's quite a lot that I've achieved in that time frame. But still, we constantly evaluate, well, look, where do we want to be in a year's time? Where do we want to be in five years' time? So it's important to reflect on the journey that's got to you to where you are, but not to look back in the rear vision mirror of it because you constantly need to be looking forward. Such a true, true words. Uh, but let's talk, though. Let's get real. I'm sure there's been times when it hasn't been easy for you. Have you ever questioned yourself, doubted what you're doing? What, what, perhaps you could share with us a story of something that really did challenge you on all levels and then maybe how you came through that. 
Absolutely. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't be honest with myself if I didn't say there's been times of struggle and you, you, you do question, you know, why you're in the industry. You know, you're dealing our, our entire business model second to buying and selling real estate is is working with people's emotions. And there have been times I, I settled on the business the year before the GFC was announced. So starting out my career as a business owner, essentially you're dealing with people that absolutely have to sell under financial pressure. And it, it's a completely different feeling to what the last two years of COVID have been where every single person that you spoke to you were putting an offer under their noses that was far more than they expected. Um, and that's that's been the artificial component of real estate that a lot of agents that have entered the industry over the last couple of years, because they've only had that experience, that's what they consider to be the normal. But a normal real estate market is facilitating a sale where the, the buyer wants to buy it for less than what the owner wants for it and the owner wants more than what the buyer is prepared to pay. And that's a normal real estate market. And I think anybody dealing in any industry with people, there, there are times where you do just need to take a breather. It's an industry where I like to be made available to all of my clients. If they ring me, I'll pick up the phone and answer. It's not a nine to five job. And I've, I've had patterns and I've, fortunately, I, I love what I do far more out, out exceeds the times where you've sort of questioned, look, is there something else I could be doing? But, you know, the, that's that's the time when you know that you have to recharge, you have to reconnect with yourself, and then you have to be able to come back fresh knowing that you've been able to recharge your mind because the, the brain is such an important muscle. It's, it's probably the, the most vital in our lives and it's the one that unfortunately least gets exercised. And sometimes you need to get to that point to go, look, I just need to have a break and come back fresh. And so I think that there's, that there's no element of physical challenge in real estate, but there is a very much a strong emotional and mental toll and in, in dealing with people and their largest assets. So it's, it's sometimes very difficult to identify a difference between empathy and sympathy or taking on board those emotions and bringing them home. But I think that's what makes us, you know, genuine human people with connection. That's what makes you so spectacular. I want to sing your praises. I want to shout out. You are in one of the top 0.1% of agents internationally. Could you just tell us some of the things that you've been awarded with and how that's made you feel being recognized in an industry that is fairly competitive and yet you're seen as one of the absolute best? What's that like? I think it's important just to, to stay true to yourself. Um, it's it's important that you, you give people advice and i to this day from the day I started, whenever I give anyone advice, I think if this was my mother sitting across the table from me or my grandmother, what would I advise them to do? What would be the professional advice that I would give them? And I think it's just such an innocent mindset to have, but it's certainly worked true to, to being honest in who you are in, in a business. Um, you know, we've been fortunate enough that I think, you know, that, that real estate is almost a little bit over awarded um, with with everyone having an award of some description. So it's great to get that acknowledgement from your peers, but perhaps the community doesn't necessarily need to see those trophies on the wall. But what they want to know is that when you're sitting in front of them, 
that it's their situation that you care about and that you're on their side to get them the best result. Yeah, you're supposedly working for the vendor. You, you really are. You're selling their property and yet you really are working with and for almost the purchaser. How do you draw the distinction when you understand both parties? You Not only are you a communication expert, you guys are major negotiators. I think it's important to, to have that strength in the relationship. It will always be with your vendor because that relationship could date back from you know months, weeks, or years prior to you listing their property of a relationship to the point of being engaged to sell their home. And so the, even the communications during the process are going to far outweigh that with the vendor. Um, I think you're there to assist the buyer in purchasing the property and give them full transparency in the negotiation. But the the, the core is at, at the end of the day, the client is the, the vendor who's who's engaging us to get them the best result for their property. And in, in many occasions, that may exceed what they're expecting. Often it's what they're expecting and sometimes it may be a little bit below. But I think that's one of the, the, the strongest keys in reputation in real estate is that those that do engage you to sell your home know that you are working with their best interests at heart. Very true. I remember getting a call from, we were selling a little home that we had in Auckland and the real estate agent rang us and he, it was like something like nine o'clock at night. And I just, his, he was like, Kim, I need to come and see you. And I was like, why? And he goes, no, I've got an offer you will not believe. And it was, he was so excited and it was way above what we expected. And it was just there's just this really nice sense of our win is your win, your win is our win. And that's what I think I love about the industry because the better we do, the better we all do. And your humble experience then, I'm sure that as we've mentioned, there's times when it's not that. But overall, it sounds like it's way better many times than it is ever not. I just want to check in with you. There's people that have had their homes all their lives. Some people have lived in there. That's I know someone who was born in their house and it was left to them and they've now got their own children in that house. Is that a common scenario or is it very different? And is the Sunshine Coast different to anywhere else? I think that Australians are quite a transient type of real estate investor, both in family homes and investment. We sort of get into our first home, we grow into our family home, we then grow into a bigger family home and then suddenly we find ourselves downsizing into a unit or something more manageable and then it ends up being sort of the retirement village type lifestyle. Um, so every seven years is the average cycle of people buying and selling. But as a real estate agent, there's nothing more satisfying than being able to advertise a property as, you know, first time offered to market or first time offered in 32 years because it gives the ability to be able to tell a story. And if something's been lived in for a long period of time, the clear message is that is it's been loved and it's 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 being sold with love. Um, and I think that emotional connection in your marketing can can very much often achieve a premium because people feel like they're getting onto something special or they're taking on the legacy of a home that has been in one family for so long. And that doesn't necessarily mean a unique property, just an, a, a standard brick and tile home. The, the, the thought from the buyer's perspective that it's been loved for so long, I think, is such a, a cherishable part of 
buying and selling real estate. So it, it is always a pleasure selling the homes that, you know, have been so tightly held. I bet. I want to loop back now to your gorgeous husband, Jeff. You said he's an interior designer and he has this amazing ability, obviously, to look at properties and put his spin into this. You guys are the dream team. It has worked out well. It's a great business collaboration. Um, Jeffrey's got his own interior design and styling company, Jeffrey James Design, um, which dovetails very well into our marketing because a lot of our clients do know the, the relationship of Jeff doing interior styling and design and also in relation to me being a selling agent. And we've had quite a number of clients who have said, look, we just love what the two of you do together, that we want that package and we want that representation for our home. And Jeff's done a number of projects on the side. And I think that the beauty of our relationship professionally and personally is that both of us are out there practicing what we preach, so to speak. So we're not giving people advice to do things that we aren't doing ourselves. Um, we've done a number of projects over the last 18 months. And I think that's important for people to see. It's not You can't just say, look, this is what I do, but I don't preach it myself. So I think being transparent too in, in our lives, we've got you know quite a public social media following um, that it's important that you know people can see you for who you are. Yeah, I agree. Well, we certainly see the two of you, you gorgeous great hunks of spunks. I want to go back and also I just want to loop back to Lake Como and just that incredible wedding of yours, the connection that you two have. You haven't always been lucky in love, Mr. Smith, and I'd just love to hear you talk about just, again, the fact that your professional life, your personal life, actually the pathways you didn't force any of this. Is it a case of being patient? Is it a case of knowing that your someone was always out there? How do you think you manifested this into your world? I think from from a young age, uh, Jeffrey and I have known each other for the for the better part of seventeen years, um, and it it's it took the time for our planets to align. But I was very aware of my surrounds in my late teens even through to my early mid-20s, it, it would be undeniable to say that my my first and only love was my career and my business. And I very consciously put that first. Um, and it wasn't until my late 20s that our paths crossed again, ironically, in Las Vegas of all places. And we weren't planning to be there together. It was just that we happened to be on two different paths that connected in Las Vegas. Um, and then it was still another couple of years after that where we we truly connected. And I think both of our paths were were ready to come together and and start a new path of of our own life discovery together. And from from that night that that Jeff came over, there really hasn't been a night spent apart since. So I think it, I was aware enough that at that point in time in my early 20s, I don't believe that I could have had a successful relationship because at that point in my life, it wasn't going to be a priority to me. But now, obviously, as you sort of manifest your life moving forward with laying those foundations of a wonderful business has now given me the ability to prioritise a relationship, my home life, um, introducing the four-legged children into the family, um, all of those things that have sort of been able to to manifest over time. 
this has all come from a very deep knowing and understanding of oneself. You've talked about the personal growth, the continual ability to communicate and learn about yourself through the highs and lows, not only of your business, but also with family and friends. If that's the case, and for us to really manifest the life of our dreams, are you suggesting then that it really comes back to being in a really good place, creating the foundations and maybe even the foundations of self-love, believing that you deserve all of this? And if that's the case, what's your definition of self-love? Very much so. And I think my definition of self-love is living a life fulfilled of happiness, minimizing negativity, because obviously that's something we can't completely remove from our lives. But I think it's it's waking up every day being the most positive person that you can be, not only to yourself, but those that choose to surround themselves with you. And I think sphere of influence has always been such an important integral part of my life. Um, it's having, you don't need to have hundreds and thousands of people close to your, your soul, but those that are very close to you need to provide a, a positive energy, both you know mentally, emotionally, and I think that's one of the most key factors is surrounding yourself with people that tell you you can and not give you reasons that you can't or that don't want to see you exceed a level of perhaps average. Unfortunately, in Australia, we have a very terrible tall poppy syndrome and it's very easy to perhaps fall into the rut if you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people that are just reinforcing to you that no you can't do it you need to get into circles of people who are telling you yes you can it's just that little bit further it's just that little bit more such beautiful messaging I want to just check in now, the two of you, the highlight of your European trip. It just seems for all of us down under watching everyone on holiday in Europe now and even when you guys were there, it's just so nice to see us free to travel again. You both love a beautiful champagne. I'm going to join you on that one. But you also both really enjoy the fine things. I think one of my funniest moments of watching your trip was just one of those nights accommodation didn't quite match the whole rest of it. How did no, you guys deal with it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's important that, you know, and that's the, the, the pros and cons of social media. Everyone sees the fabulous side of how wonderful everyone's life is, but I think it's important uh, not to reflect on the negativity, but I think it's also important to show some of the reality of, of the life as well. And um, you are correct. We uh, spent our last few nights in Europe in Reims and in Champagne in, in France. And um, we have stayed there before and had visions of rolling vineyards and beautiful chateaus. Um, and unfortunately, our travel agent had put us in a Novotel next to the train track. So it wasn't quite the picture that we had in mind. But it do you don't look at it as a negative. It just becomes one of those things that you'll laugh about for years to come. Isn't it funny? It's the one thing that I just keep chuckling about. Um, <laughs> but I way, there's nothing else we could do. No, that's what I, that was probably my point is that both of your attitude around it was just brilliant. And there was probably very little you could do. I guess those moments, though, also really make you appreciate how hard you've worked for the finer things in life, how much you appreciate having them. It's never an entitlement or expectation in you, your guys, the way you display your lives. 
but I just want to acknowledge you both for the work you do both do, for how hard you do work to have these beautiful things in your life. And Stuff the Tall Poppy Syndrome, you two are exquisite humans. You're very successful. You're also very much about sharing and being around a community and supporting others to enjoy their lives. So I just wanted to take a moment to thank you, gorgeous Grant, for just being the most beautiful human on the planet. And I would like to say to anyone listening to this, if you are keen to move to the coast, this is definitely one person I would be talking to. He knows the coast inside and out. Now you've also got your interior decorator and designer if we want to change and put your little stamp on your property. And I just want to thank you and Jeff wholeheartedly, gorgeous Grant, for everything you are gifting to us here on the coast. Our pleasure, Kim, and you, you are an absolute treasure to our community. That's been a pleasure to speak with you here on the podcast, and uh, hopefully we've had the ability to share some thoughts and love and life and happiness um, for those listening. Oh, you're a gem, and I just would love to ask them, knowing that the self-love podcast listener is someone who really enjoys to hear people's stories, they get inspired by what they're doing and how they're gifting their talents to the world. What would be your final message to this incredible soul? And maybe you could weave in your favorite quote right now. There's plenty of traffic on the highway, but there's never much on the extra mile. So just push yourself that little bit further and the road opens up. Oh, wow. Wow. That really does absolutely pull this all together for us. And just finally, thank you for that. How could people get in touch with you, Grant? They can find me on social media as Grant Smith Property. Or alternatively, all of our details are available on Google, Century 21 Budrum and Grant Smith. And I'll make sure I put a link in there too for Jeff, just in case anyone's got any ideas. You don't have to be on the coast to have those skills um, acquired as well. But I just, again, thank you so much, beautiful. Love you guys dearly. Lots of love to you too, Kim. Thanks for having us on the show. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.